After these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages, where we bring you hot takes on commercial breaks. We are here to talk about TV commercials, good ones and bad ones, and ones where people say weird shit like this. That kind of love is frowned upon. My name is Andrew Walsh, and I'm here with Genevieve Haz. Hello, Veeves. Hi, Andrew. What you got for us today? Well, um, as you may have heard, um, we're rapidly spiraling into a real-life handmaid's tale in this country, and uh, women's bodily autonomy is uh, pretty much on the chopping block, which is uh, really scary and frightening, and I thought, um, what better time, as the patriarchy presses its advantage, uh, than than to talk about, uh, what better time to talk about commercials where dads are kind of policing their daughter's sexuality Mm -hmm. and their daughter's bodies, and the overprotective dad trope yeah. The the dad who doesn't like the boyfriend or whatever. Oh, yeah. There's like a Kevin Hart one, right? That's oh, yeah. There's one. a bad yeah. Kevin Hart one. There's a bunch of bad ones. Um, there's even a radio one that really caught my attention that unfortunately I couldn't find, but I'll, I'll try to describe. It's hard to find radio it's commercials, so hard to find man. radio commercials. Um, and I even know someone who works uh, in radio advertising and has access to that campaign of ads and even she couldn't find it that's how mm. how uh, sort of ephemeral they are so we got that uh, coming up uh, overprotective dads and um, we also have um, one of the you know we talked about durable goods and how um, commercials are you know they take a licking keep on ticking those mm-hmm. kinds of commercials yeah. uh, we, we missed a good one that some a couple of people sent in uh, is it one that I will like be like dope of course I, I know think that you'll one. remember really yeah okay. I but remembered it's not it like, it's not a huge it was kind of a classic okay. but I, think right. I remembered it when I saw it huh. and then there was what I can I think fairly describe as an ad for TV guide although it's provenance is a little suspect but either way it's Super bonkers. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think I was just clicking on that when you walked in the room, so I'm not entirely sure. that If I was looking at the right thing, that kind of deals in some stupid gender stereotypes as well. Oh, yeah. Um, but anyway, well, let's start with these, um, I don't know, what, what are these, these, these oppressive daddy commercials. ironic that you chose a song that was actually championed by the um, anti-choice movement back in the 80s. Did they really get behind this song? Yeah, very much so. Because I remember she keeps the baby? I was, I was reading an um, article. I don't know why I was on this thing, but um, the New York Times has a lot of their archives digitized, so you can actually like go back and read old articles. And at some point, I find myself on an actual article that came out like back in like '85 or '86 when this came out, where you had a bunch of people from Planned Parenthood who are like, "This is not great," and a bunch of people who are like anti-choice people being like, "Yay, this is great! Girls should keep their babies." Yeah, I mean the. She's, she's it is make, a choice. She's making a choice. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's the only thing pro-choice people want is yeah, the choice. Yeah, exactly. But, um, and again, I don't think that that's, that's not Madonna's intent, yeah. I don't think. I don't know what Madonna's intent is, but um, but it was just Her intent was just that, for Danny Aiello to not be so mad at her in the video. Yeah, and I think... I think that video ends okay. I think he yeah, gives her a big he, hug he at the He gives her a hug at the end. Yeah. I just watched it. Well, I was sitting in the car the other day... Um, probably having just heard some, you know, horrific news break about the the SCOTUS decision. And this commercial for this mall piercing shop called Silver Safari came on. I don't know if you've ever heard. You don't listen to a lot of, like, Top 40 radio. Mm-mm. This I- hasn't made its way. This piercing... Um- commercial has not made its way into my Mariners broadcast. Yeah, that wouldn't yet. be the target audience, I wouldn't think. Silver Safari is like a... I guess it's probably a chain. I don't know if it's regional or national or what but they do like you know belly piercings and uh, all that you'll hear all they do all the piercings uh, or all the main piercings mm-hmm. eyebrows lips stuff like that and the premise of these ads is always that you have a teenage daughter and then usually like someone else in her life and often it's her mom but in the one that I heard which is the one that I couldn't find it starts with this just absolutely bonkers hilarious 
skit between the the daughter and her dad where he sees that she has a belly ring and starts just like sputtering at her like who are you hanging out well where did this go i don't know i don't know about this i mean it's just like that right it's a it's truly hilarious scenery chewing radio acting and then she's like you know like chill out dad mom took me and then mom mom slinks onto the scene and says like yeah i got one too honey and what i sincerely love about these commercials is that at the end of them, they always indicate that dad is horny for mom who just got a piercing by having an elephant uh, trumpet. So why don't you play this one? This Again, this is not the one that I heard in the radio where the dad is like having it out with the daughter, but this is like the the daughter just talking to her friend about it. So the elephant sound is, we're supposed to take that like a, I'm going to say like, like a, a boner sound? Like a boner sound. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that that was. It's, it's unique to Silver Safari. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Hey guys, check this out. Wow, cool. I'd love to get that done. Oh my gosh, you got your navel pierced? What are your parents gonna think? My mom loves it. She was with me when I had it done. How'd you get your mom to take you to a piercing shop? It was easy. We went to Silver Safari in the mall. It was the best day of shopping ever. If you like the look of a pierced navel, or maybe a little something in the eyebrow, tongue or lip is more your style, Silver Safari is the place for you. Ear piercings in every part of the ear available too. And don't worry, at Silver Safari, you'll find trained specialists in a comfortable, friendly environment. You'll receive topical anesthetic and piercing care solutions with every piercing to ensure safe, quick healing. Silver Safari offers the largest selection of body jewelry this side of the planet and prices that can't be beat. My daughter just loves her new belly ring, and guess what? My husband loves mine, too. <laughs> You'll find Silver Safari in the Alderwood Mall for body piercing Such and trained specialists. Angry boner. I... I guess that's the safari part yes, too. It, it's, it's, it, it it's, serves two masters there. Exactly, if you they will. picked it because of the the safari in their name. But like I said, that's not the one that really caught my attention. Uh-huh. It's just just to give you a sense of like the general tone and sound of those. But the ads. one that you're talking about has this like kind of gross dad yeah. who's like trying to. First, he's like appalled that his daughter would you know make any kind of alterations to her body, and then he's like turned on that his wife would do the same so it's it's like two layers of grossness right it's interesting though this is interesting it's interesting that they're going for a very specific thing here aside from just the skits and getting the message out there that you can get you know pierced at our pagoda or whatever it would be <laughs> um uh, i can tell you're a child of the 80s <laughs> was, was that a, was that Piercing a chain pagoda. that was yeah. a chain no wonder it came out of my mouth i didn't even realize I was um, referring back to something, but um, it's also a, it's I mean, it's an interesting marketing strategy, like bring your, get mom, your mom and on both board. get I mean, you're yeah. you're selling double like I actually think from a marketing standpoint, that's a really interesting thing. Like, let's get let's get more. Let's not sell to one person. Let's sell to two people at a time. Yeah. And if you want like the the, the ads kind of presume that the teenage daughter, teenage girls want some piercings, some body piercings. And I think the idea is like plant the seed with mom yeah. that it'll be a good fun bonding day with daughter sure, and yeah. you know and for uh it also like gets dad excited so real question and i think i know the answer to this you said this is a large campaign with a lot of different installments do any of them market to men at all not that I've ever heard. Yeah, but it's not like, hey, get your ears gauged or whatever. Not that I've ever heard. It's always this same daughter and her mom. And then. Oh, it's always the same characters. Too. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's like this ongoing story or this like this this evangelizing that's come for, coming from this one mother daughter pair. Mm. I wonder if these are um, being produced at a station. Sometimes even though radio commercials might be played on several stations, sometimes, though, it will originate in one station's production company. Like you can go out and hire a production company. Right. Or you can strike a, a relationship with. Um, a radio station and they'll do it in-house and then yeah. I think sometimes those in-house ones can then go to another house um, and so I wonder if I listen to the station more if you would hear like these same voices popping up in other promos that's an interesting idea I don't know Yeah, maybe, maybe. not I, I mean I just know from listening to like the um, the you know I'm listening to a lot of baseball now again and I will hear like our um, my former HR manager's voice will pop up as a character uh. of just like, but I didn't want to get invasive uh, <laughs> surgery, so that's why I went to the clinic to get laparoscopic or whatever. Right. I'm sorry, 
Is that the right word? Laparoscopic? No, yeah. no. Is that the tiny little camera it's that kind of goes? One, yeah. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. So anyway, huh? Well, I will keep an ear out if if we end up getting our hands on the actual commercial that you were talking about. I, you've piqued my interest. I want to hear it. Although I could do without that elephant sound again, probably. You're always going to get the elephant sound. <laughs> well, okay. You're going to get some elephant. They're sounds. really committed to the elephant uh-huh. sound. Um. So when you Google overprotective dad in commercials one thing comes up and it's like the whole first two pages of google results mm. and it was this kevin hart hyundai ad that was in the super bowl uh i believe we've talked about this i yes think. we have yeah. we have yeah. and we talked this... about it being gross at the time and, and we weren't I the only ones the like details it was both lauded as like the best super bowl ad of that year and then also derided as like really sexist and gross mm. and along predictable lines uh it broke down along predictable lines I find it really gross. Just Where be- did Kavanaugh land on this one? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I'm sure they'll let this. I'm sure they'll let SCOTUS weigh in on which ads are allowed to be on the Super Bowl uh, pretty soon. Um, so the this the premise of this ad is that um, Kevin Hart's daughter is going on a date. Her date shows up at the door. And he's a little bit, I don't know, insouciant maybe. He's a little hes a little cocky, mm-hmm. but he doesn't seem like a criminal or anything. Um, but he, he gets to the door. Kevin Hart, of course, famously short, so he has to look up at this guy, which uh-huh. I do think is sort of part of like what they're playing for a little bit of laughs here. Um, but he tells the kid, the boyfriend, take my car. Take my Hyundai. Hyundai? Hyundai. Um, and the, then the, the pitch is, of course, that the Hyundai has like tracking uh, ability. Ugh. So he, he, tr- he follows them around to all of their date spots from the movie. It's just a, quite a date, by the way. Kid takes her to the movies, then a carnival where he wins her a stuffed bear. And then they that's go. That's a lot for one day. And then they go to Lover's Lane. And then that's where Kevin Hart shows up hanging out of a helicopter, like ugh. shaking, wagging his finger at them. Um, I don't think I've ever been to the movies and a carnival on the same day. That's too much. Just one is fine. Just one is fine. That's well, a long date. And honestly, though, that's maybe kind it was of... like a short film. And isn't that um, they, he went he took her to a short film festival, <laughs> took her to a short animated film festival, <laughs> animated shorts, um, took in some Wallace and Gromit, some classic Wallace and they Gromit. They watched fifteen minutes of Wallace and Gromit, and then they went to the fair. <laughs> Do you remember you and I went to an animated shorts festival one time? Sounds... I don't remember why, and I feel like there was. I feel like Wallace, uh, Wallace and Gromit were pretty hot back then. That sounds right. Maybe they still are. I don't know. They were, they were the jib jabs of their time. I'm just saying jib jab a lot lately. Not even, um, I think, accurately. It's just been stuck in my head. My apologies. Okay. You just have a tick. Sort of. You just I, have a jib jab. I think jib jabs are just inherently funny. But not in the way they're supposed to be. Um, okay. So do you want me to hit play on this commercial and stop sure. talking about jib jabs? Yes. All right. We'll do it your way. Oh, you look good. Thank you. Hey. See the guy taking my little girl out, huh? Yep. Huh. You know what? Why don't you go ahead and take my new car? Thanks, Pops. Go ahead, baby. We called him Pops. Wow. I mean, yeah, the kid is definitely, you know, feeling very confident. Oh, wow. Kevin Hart's following them around. He's in the theater with yeah, them. Yeah, now they, when he wins the bear, he's hiding in the stuffed animals at the at the carnival. Um, and each time he's kind of like, it's chilling the mood between the boyfriend and the girlfriend. Yeah, now here They're- we are, as you say, I guess at Lover's Lane. I don't know if that's actually what this is called, but a, kind of a, a kind of a nice lookout where yeah. they're parked. And they're, I think they're going to maybe do some kissy face. They're going to do some kissy face. Are you ready? Hey, are you ready there's you Kevin Hart. Messing You're messing with the wrong daddy. I'm taking you home. Why? Car Finder on the Hyundai Genesis. Back so soon? Here you go, sir. Because a dad's got to do what a dad's got to do. Honey, what'd you guys do tonight? It's so gross. A, a really dad's got to do what a dad's got to do. And if you're if you're sitting here listening to this, and I hope I hope there's no one sitting listening to this who doesn't already agree with me, because just I don't want anyone listening to this who doesn't already agree with me about everything. You want everybody. To agree I want with everyone you on to agree with me on everything, yeah. obviously. But if you're listening to this and thinking, well parents are protective and you know we worry about our kids and going off and becoming sexually active that's something a parent might reasonably be concerned about ask yourself if you have ever seen this this storyline unfold 
with either parent policing their son's sexuality. Right. Yeah, of course. And if not. you would think that was weird if you saw that. There was a I don't think the daughter's sexuality. pissed. Wasn't there like a weird commercial, like a Skittles commercial or something where a mom is following her boy around. I don't I don't know if it's on a date, but there was one. And, and again, and listen, Veeves, I'm not trying to do whataboutism here. Like, no, no, no. There, first of all, you just don't compare apples to apples in that way. One group has been oppressed. To, you know what I mean? I'm not trying to push back here. I'm just remembering, though, that there was a commercial that was kind of creepy where... Are you talking um, about the one where a, a mother and her son have an umbilical cord? That was really weird, and that's also upsetting in its own way. I thought, though, and again, I don't know that he was on a date. I just am getting this memory of a commercial where a mom is, like, stalking her kid around town. Maybe she's super, super proud of him or something. And she do you, Does this ring a bell? doesn't ring a bell at all. I'll Not for Skittles, on. but I will tell you that when we get to the end of this list, I have a I have the counterpoint, the, uh, the mom as the overprotective mom and the way that the commercial treats it is so different yeah. from the way that commercials treat overprotective dads, which is commercials treat overprotective dads in exactly the way that ad did. That's like the absolute just sort of like quintessential yeah. version of this. It's where the we all like nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Dads are going to do what dads are going to do. It's just nature. This is how dad. This is what da good yeah. dadding looks like, even though his old enough to drive teenage daughter was having a perfectly reasonable evening and she's pissed like she had a bad time because he was overbearing and interfering only because I want I, I'm totally with you on all of that and again I'm not pushing back but it, only because it was driving me bananas I actually found what I was talking about it was this oh, weird old, spice, old right. spice commercial um something called mom song and we see the boy and he's like getting dressed and he sprays himself oh, with some old one. spice and then he goes to close his bedroom door and his mom is kind of hiding uh, behind the door and then she's singing a song while she's like following him around I can't remember if he's going on dates or or what but in no way is this policing him mm-mm Oh, I didn't see it coming, but it came in a can. Now my sweet son's braid into a man. <laughs> so the boy's on a date now. He's driving around and walking around with this young woman while the mom is stalking him. In some. When our sons have fun with women and Kissing all the women and his chores aren't done. He was just my little sweetie, tiny fingers, hands and feeties. Now he's touching, kissing, feeling all the women because all So it is kind of interesting. Again, this is not this is not a counterpoint. Like I actually oh, think it's not a counterpoint yeah. at all. I think it is mixed in some in a certain way. It makes the same point, which is that men have agency and women don't. Even in this one, these posts. I mean, you want to talk about a group of people with, who are historically without agency in media. Postmenopausal women are at the top of the list, and these women are sad about what's happening. Their sons all have like sexual lives, but they are. The whole point of this, the joke of this, is that they're powerless to intervene. Right, yeah. Not yeah, like exactly. that they can get on a helicopter and like a, an attack chopper and chase their sons away from their girlfriends. I'm just so glad that I was able to like come up because I was just like, I know I saw some commercial that we talked about that was like a mom stalking her yeah. son on a date. But, but I think it, I mean, I really yeah. think it's, it's, it's a, a good point that this is when you reverse the scenario, when you reverse the genders. You have a totally different power dynamic, even within the crazy, weird world and mm -hmm. absurd, silly world of an Old Spice ad. Yeah, and that is a very, there are a lot of very um, bizarre um, images in that one with the mom, like, kind of hanging to the back of a bumper and um, while the boy is driving down the, the highway or whatever. But um, anyway, what else do you have next in the official After These Messages list today? Well, the apparent, apparently the only way to sell cars to men is to let them know that they can use them to police uh, their daughter's sexuality. So for this Chevy Silverado, um, you've got a family, the Lopez family. Looks like they're driving off to go on like a boating trip or a camping trip, some kind of outdoorsy thing. So you've got their great big truck hauling a boat. Mom and dad are in the front seat. The teenage daughter and her boyfriend are in the back seat. And um, the son, the boyfriend's being very polite. And then he and the daughter go to hold hands and you'll and hold mm -hmm. hands, by the way, mm -hmm. not give each other hand jobs, <laughs> which is the way the Thank father the, reacts. Thank you for the clarification there. 
and for you know uh, earning that explicit. <laughs> Look, I'm just label. saying that's how the dad reacts. <laughs> I want to take a listen. Thanks for bringing me with you guys today, Mr. and Mrs. Lopez. Not a problem, Josh. They hold hands. Hey, you two. He pulls Check out over. these camera views in my Silverado. I can see in front of me, behind me, on either side of me. And it has this cam, so I can see if there's any funny business going on. You see any funny business going on? No, sir. Let's have a great day. The Chevy Silverado offers eight cameras with up to 15 different views. Find new views, find new roads. Chevrolet. I like the look that the mom gives the husband at the end. It's like this sort of like loving... Oh, you're incorrigible with your cock exactly. blocking. We're we're all we all just like give a pass to this kind of behavior. It's so normalized. But again, find me one that reverses the genders and tell me it doesn't seem weird to you. I mean, first of all, find me one that reverses the genders. You can't. Where if where a where a, a particularly a father polices his son, mm-hmm. uh, that would never happen yeah, because right. uh, patriarchy and. Also, if you if even if somebody did do it as like a I think if someone were to do it, it would be explicitly to comment on the double standard that Mm -hmm. this trope illustrates and like reinforces. I mean, any any sitcom of our generation growing up, you know, 80s and 90s. And what is it? It's a dad worrying like if there's if there's a young if there's a daughter in the family and she's dating age, it's exactly this. It's like, oh, I got to worry. And if it's the if it's the boy, it's like, all right, son, you're going to. You know, you you cad boys will be boys. Boys will like, be boys. Yeah. You know, I there's a whole category of these which I didn't find any for this particular show, but it wouldn't be hard to find them. Of daughter comes home late at night yeah, right. and dad's waiting up. It's almost never son comes home late at night. Mm. It's always it's always daughter comes home late at night and usually dad waiting up. Sometimes mom waits up, mm-hmm. but usually it's dad waiting up to turn on the kitchen light and have like a gotcha moment. More cars. That's a little bit. I, did, I will say I didn't include those because I feel like parents have a legitimate claim to enforcing curfew. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I didn't. It's not quite the way I feel gross about so many of these. I had a curfew. I think my by the time I had a by the time I was at an age where a curfew had to be implemented, I think my parents were pretty generous with it. Yeah. I don't remember feeling oppressed by. I it never too felt much. oppressed by by a curfew. I think it wasn't so much that I had a curfew. It was that like I had to be clear about when I was going to be home, and it couldn't be like two in the morning. Right. You know. Yeah. But if it was, it wasn't like there was some number. I had a, a really good friend actually who's like. Until she left for college, she was 18 years old, like she was legally an adult, had some insanely early curfew, like 1030 or something. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was absolutely bananas. And I would always just be like, she had a great relationship with her parents, um, but just was like not interested in pushing back on that. Mm. Do I know that person? You do, but I'll tell you off air who it was. All right, you got a Toyota commercial here. Yeah. So again, you can't sell a car unless you got a boyfriend being uh, being told not to not to sully his daughter's some daughter's virtue. Um, now it's it's almost exactly the same premise. We've got dad driving in the front seat. Um, this is a like a station wagon, so it has three. The the selling point that this, I love how each one of these like with the Hyundai it was like. Uh, tracking the car, right? With the Silverado, it was I got we got all these cameras. We can spy on you when you're in the back seat. With this one, it's got three, three rows of seating. So you've got mm. dad in the front seat, daughter and boyfriend in the middle row, um, and they are getting, I will say, a little intimate for what I think is appropriate for a family car ride. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's take a listen to this. New Highlander, Mr. D? Yeah. It was time for a change. Something nicer. More refined. So the boy has his arm fully around her shoulders. Not a big deal there, but he's kind of like, his, his face is very close to the girl's face. He's starting to like kind of push her hair out of her face and just being very kind of caressy. With plenty of... Holding hands. Space. Pull over. Now Comfy, the- Derek? Yes, sir. Derek's in the be- way back. More of everything, especially space, in the 2021 Highlander. Um, 
this is why couldn't he at least let Derek get up in the front seat or make the daughter get up in the yeah, front why seat? Yeah, why is now why? we have three people in different like seat layer, layers of the car, like it's a like a van to the airport. Yeah, why, what did he even think he was doing when he got in the front seat and the two kids were in the back seat? Well, I mean, that I get. My parents would never let me do. My parents, I don't think my, I think that. My dad was pretty strict about like I'm not driving. On I'm the not occasion. a chauffeur. I'm not a chauffeur. One of you will <laughs> sit up here with me. I'm not driving you and your friends around so you can horse around in the back seat. I had a high school boyfriend, and I remember some car rides where we chose to sit in the back seat. And the parents were just like, "Fine, like the just empty passenger seat." Yeah. Oh man, no, no, that that's I, I and I don't even mean like boyfriend girlfriend stuff here. I just mean generally speaking, my parents were not into that scene. Like we're driving around like it's a chauffeur, but um. This is totally missing the, the your broader point, but I think you've made your broader point. But um, <laughs> is it time for me to shut up now? That I, I no, made my broader I, point. I just don't want you to think that everything I raise is like I feel like before when I played that old spice commercial, you thought I was trying to counterpoint, and I'm just trying to make it clear that I'm not trying to counterpoint. But um, I'm just now thinking though, one of the most I can't even I'm trying to figure out what the the best way to describe it. The most I ever felt like just almost almost oppressively crushing on someone in a moment was, and I'm so vague on what we were doing, but there was some sort of joint family road trip, not a, not a long one, just like a little day trip. I want to say to like, I don't know, maybe we took a ferry out to one of the little islands in Lake Erie or something, but it was like, for some reason, me and my family, there were four of us were in a, um, station wagon it must have been the other family station wagon with a family that had like i think two or three daughters uh-huh. and one of them was in my grade and the other and i just remember and i don't even mind saying like i don't know if it was like elizabeth carroll or amanda cook i want to say it was the carols maybe and we weren't super close as family friends and it was just this one thing and i remember sitting in the way back i think it was elizabeth and i just remember and listen i was a Total nerd. Girls did not have crushes on me. Nothing happened. But I remember here I was in the back, in like in the way back, back in the days when you could sit in the back of a yeah, station wagon and face backwards. And I don't even think we were sitting in a chair or in a seat, right? We were just like sitting on like whatever the back of the station oh, wagon really? was. Okay. Yeah. I don't think it was a seat. I don't recall exactly. But I feel like there were a few of us back there, like maybe me, my sister, and one or two of these uh, of these other girls who were like schoolmates. And I remember just being... Just so in love and just so <laughs> amazed that I was in the in this back back of a station wagon <laughs> with this girl that I was crushing on. Because like even in that moment, even knowing what a loser I was in that moment, it just sort of felt like anything can happen. I don't know. Just feeling like the, 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 just the thrill of it, just being in that proximity. I'm talking like I was young. I was probably like 19 years old or something. Uh, anyway, that's uh, that's not the point. So, okay, let's move away from cars here for a little bit. It looks like you got a T-Mobile commercial. Yeah, let's, let's, talk have... about, let's talk about phone service okay. and how that can be used to police teenage girls. So T-Mobile for a while had like a fave five. I don't know what the advantage of having a fave five was. Maybe you got to, maybe this was back when, you know, we didn't have unlimited minutes and you could like have a certain kind of superior service with like a finite number of people or something. I'd love to do it like a, or I'd love to like hear an oral history of (laughs) phone phone plans. Just like even going back to the landlines, we'll joke around about like when you had to dial like, hey, we have a new thing. You just dial 6211-6211-11441. Then the number, then the country code, and then you can save 50 cents. Then you can talk for three cents a minute. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. Um. Yeah, so here's a dad. He's in the living room with his daughter's boyfriend, and the dad's taking really taking issue with the fact, or like he's using the, his daughter's fave five in her phone to kind of bully this kid and like remind him uh, who has dominion over this poor teenage girl's body. And it's worth mentioning here that um, this is the flip phone era. Yeah. Right? So you're in my daughter's five, huh? Yes, sir. I'm in there too. Oh. My picture's right next to yours. It's almost like I'm watching you all the time. <laughs> Is that my phone? Yes. Are you ready to go? Yes. Bye, Daddy. I love, love you. Love you. Who's in your fave five? Have a good night. 
Ugh. He's just staring he's, very he's just menacingly. He just stares daggers yeah. at the kid while his daughter's hugging him. Never breaks eye contact with the boy. I find that one almost more upsetting than any of the others. Yeah, that one's very threatening. It's so threatening. And it's just like, again, I understand that this is me at my most humorless, which is fine. Um, I'm not feeling very humorous these days. But... It is just sick, right, that this is normalized. Like, the fact that it's supposed to be funny, the fact that we're all supposed to, like, get this, uh, get that this is a, a joke that it's based on. But the joke is that it's it's an exaggerated version of our thing mm-hmm. that's real and, and, and relatable is just sickness. Yeah. And, and you, when these 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 tropes exist they reinforce right like yes before they're tropes they're born of a reality of right. a certain time then it becomes a trope but then like you're you're lying to yourself if you're denying how much these tropes then feed another generation with that message i mean this is different but something that i think about a lot is especially in the past kind of several years is i grew up with movies in the 80s and early 90s that were like, you know, teenage movies. And if there was romance involved, keep in mind, like I was, you know, like kind of a hardcore loser, like all, you know, most of all of growing up and most of high school or a big chunk of high school. Um, And so I always felt like an outsider. So if I'm watching like a John Hughes style movie or something, I'm probably um, relating most to the kind of nerdy characters who the nerdy characters. And I remember even thinking like these nerdy characters in the movies are are still cooler than me because they can at least profess their love. And for me, I remember thinking like I'm not even joking. I remember thinking about characters like I want to say Ducky. I might have that wrong. Who? okay, they were the outcast. They were the quote unquote nerd. But at least they could be out with their feelings well, for a girl and then pursue I mean, that girl. You want to talk about Ducky being out. That's a well, whole different I guess question. that's a little bit different. But like, well, but he at least... He's coded so gay. Okay. But didn't he also... Yes. He was pursuing a female lead, right? Was he, he not? He is best? on the surface. He, uh, the text of the movie is that he's in love with um, the Molly Ringwald character. The subtext is that they can never be together because his his real... Who he really is is so buried. Okay, so I'm not making a good point here by using the ducky example, but my point is... I get it. No, no, I I understand what you're saying. I grew up thinking that there's a certain amount of pursuit that is proper. And if you're not... If you're professing your love or your feelings towards a girl that you have a crush on and she doesn't reciprocate, that's not the end of the story, right? right? And I mean, the perfect example is Say Anything, right? Which I will have to admit, I don't think I've ever seen that movie all the way through, but, you know... I love that movie. It's the iconic, the iconic scene of um, John... um, Not Turturro... Very different movie with John Turturro in that role. I, got, I mean, I would actually... Cusack, I got there, I got wanna, there. If they want to remake Say Anything with John Turturro, I'm in, honestly. Do you know that, honestly, the only way I can remember John Cusack's name is to remember, you have a sister, what is the sister's name? Joan Cusack. I'm not even joking. I also love Joan Cusack. But, like, but it's the iconic thing, right? Like, what is the ultimate... Like, I will eventually profess my love in a way that I will finally unlock the love that you must feel for me and like you know i'm not saying that i haven't seen that whole movie i'm not saying that that movie is canceled or bad or whatever but i'm just saying that 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 message which presented itself in almost every major storyline of a teen movie i remember walking and maybe i've said this on the show before but i remember walking in wallingford our old neighborhood here in seattle one day and there was a sign that was um I think I remember this guy took a photo of it and I posted it and I think I since took it down because I found it to be too toxic. But it was a sign like written, handwritten, kind of hand scrawled and some sort of a cardboard that was literally nailed to a telephone pole on the street corner. And it was saying uh, something like... I think it was something like I saw you, you saw me or, or maybe it was a specific person, but it was clearly a deranged mind that thought he had a love connection with a woman in the neighborhood and was doing everything to somehow get this woman's attention by right. leaving these deranged notes on. This is in real life, right? Yeah. And I remember reading that and being like, isn't that kind of the the um, extreme extension yeah. or, of, of what we it's were taught absurd, growing up? It's the absurd yet logical conclusion yeah, to that line of thinking. 
I totally agree. And and it it is pervasive. Um, and I think there's been a lot of good thinking in the intervening decades that's, you know, it's not like recognizing the toxicity of that dynamic is is something you and I just came up with today. Like it's no. it's it's more and more accepted as the as the more, you know, uh, as the, as a more reasonable way of looking at the world. But it's so pervasive and there's so much of it in media that we all consumed growing up and that, you know, probably to some degree is still being produced that, yeah, it's going to take more than like 10 years of like waking up from that dream to shake it off. Yeah. And I know that we're off topic of what we're talking about on the show today. And I think my original point, sorry for the long tangent there, is that just talking about tropes in general, especially when they're based on any kind of stereotypes, in this case, gender stereotypes, they are real. Like they had a real life effect yeah. on how I looked at the world sure. and my role in the world and why I wasn't more successful in love as a kid, you know? Yeah. Um, and it was because, oh, well, the way you do it is you have to be out there and just constantly be asking her out every day, every yeah. day, you know? Yeah. No, I've known men who were unapologetic that that was their approach with women. Um, actually, I've dated guys like that. And when I was uh, a younger woman, like... I didn't have the context or the self-awareness or the sort of, I just didn't have the worldliness to identify that as something problematic. Mm -hmm. um, moving back on to the topic at hand, though, the oppressive dads, what are we looking at for the next well, one? Well, actually, we're done with oppressive dads. Oh, we're we gonna, are? We're going to move on to oh, how to show an overprotective dad in a nice way. Oh, well, that's nice. I uh, thought we could give dads a break. Um, this is for Western National Insurance. And this is a dad who is a worrier, but his worrying is quite, um, uh, I, I would say it's Catholic in the small c sense of the word in that it's universal. It is not directed at any one gender or any one kid, but just at the world around him. He's okay. worried about everything in their house, in their in their general scene that could be a risk to them as to life or limb so he's like oh, okay he's oh because it's an insurance it's an commercial insurance right okay so yeah. we start with him using those like jeweler's glasses that are like the magnif the, like the i don't know what they're called but they're like they highly magnify things and he's, uh -huh. he's and they have little lights on them yeah and he's trimming the carpet in their house to make sure that it's not a tripping hazard honey what are you doing carpet's getting a little long tripping hazard now, I like the look that the mom gives because for a second she's like, okay, and then she's like, wait, what? The carpet's it getting long? Getting long? Because it even, I gotta say, I'm not the quickest, um, I'm not the quickest pancake in the stack, um, but even I'm like, wait, getting long? There was kind of a, that, that that joke was a little bit of a grower on me. And, oh, sorry. Now, now, now we cut to um, his wife is grilling um, and grilling some brats out at a, like a family barbecue. He comes running up with a full, um, what are those kind of helmets like the um, for metal work? Oh, like a welding like helmet? Like a weld. He's yeah, coming yeah. out with a full welder's helmet on and a uh, fire extinguisher and just like blasts the grill that she's trying to cook on. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Brat! <laughs> Who wants a brat? Now he's blowing up all of his floaties. He's got the arm floaties, a uh, life, save, or life uh, preserver around his neck, um, a floaty around his waist. Uh, he's fully floated up, and you're going to see that it's so that he can get in the hot tub safely. Honey, just get in already. With the penalty free then promise. Finally, right. his daughter is driving her little, her little, her little jeep, her little like powered jeep yeah. toy. She runs into a flower pot at I would say 0.01 miles an hour, and as she hits it. A little her her jeep is taped. He's taped pillows all over it, and when she hits the flower pot, a uh, uh, airbag slowly inflates from her plastic. She's jeep. also wearing a biking helmet. <laughs> She's wearing a bike helmet. Auto rates never go up from tickets or accidents. Seriously? So find something else to worry about. Although Western National, I will say that if the accident is so bad that this toy's horn is just going off <laughs> like that happens, I gotta give a little bit of credit to the dad there. I think he's. I think he rigged the horn <laughs> yeah, to be like that. You're probably right. Um, but I like cute. that one. Like, sure, yeah. there's he's an overprotective dad, but mm -hmm. it's very ecumenical, um, and it's very. Um, and I think it's. It, I think the jokes work for the most part. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and yes, he has a daughter, but his protectiveness of her is consistent with his generally bonkers worldview. Yeah, and again, it's not about like trying to protect her from the boys yes, or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so this one I, I also really liked, and this one the dad, the overprotective dad, is not overprotective of any person in his family. He really doesn't even care what's happening up with his family. It's his paint that he's worried about in <laughs> the house. Okay. The first time I painted my walls. Who touched the wall? Is someone touching the wall? No, no. Something changed in me. Yeah. Who touched the wall? Family meeting in five. I couldn't focus on anything. Happy birthday to Happy birthday. I was becoming a monster. But then I found Valspar Reserve paint. It's the most durable, long-lasting, fade-resistant paint Valspar makes. It's overly protective. So I don't have to be. Um, a couple of you hear there's a birthday party going on and everybody's singing happy birthday to his kid and he's like in the hallway with a party hat on still trying to scrub away some stain that some is, perceived stain that on is on the, but I get it <laughs> as a new homeowner it's a little bit like the progressive new homeowner commercials it is isn't it? as yeah. a new homeowner who has just painted a bunch of walls uh-huh. I feel exactly the same way about our walls yeah exactly I painted the um, laundry room and then I mean, we kept on taking the paint out to the garage after we were done, but then we kept bringing it back in. <laughs> yeah. It's like, there's a new spot. There's a new spot. We got to fix this <laughs> up. We got to fix this up. Like, yeah, at one point, like the ironing board, like created a little line on the wall. Get the paint. Get the paint. <laughs> um, and then we have one more here. This is the mom one that yes. you alluded to earlier, right? So I, I said that there was one that kind of, I think, illustrates my point that when a dad is overprotective, everybody shrugs and smiles and says that's what good dads do even if they're going overboard in this one instance but when a mom does it it's only played as like something ridiculous Mm -hmm. and the whole premise is that it's ridiculous and that it is like wildly inappropriate so this is an old ad for Capri Sun the sound is okay even though someone recorded this probably off of their TV Mm. like with like it looks like it's someone just shooting their TV with their phone huh um, but the sound is okay. The, the... I wonder what their inspiration was. I understand, like, when we play commercials that are just, like, on YouTube because a bunch of people have collected these commercials yeah. as a commercial interest. But, like, what is about this commercial that somebody's like, I need to take a video of this with my phone and post it to YouTube? I couldn't tell you. I actually think it's it's pretty funny, just, like, production-wise. I think mm-hmm. it's funny. But the premise is that we have a mom of a, I'd say, probably, like, a 10- or 11-year-old kid, a son. And she really wants to be, like kind of she wants to be a helicopter mom basically mm-hmm. she wants to like be in his classroom helping him get good grades be in his dodgeball making sure no one's throwing a dodgeball at him um <laughs> be on his bike with him helping make sure he he's riding his bike as fast as he can so she's over involved in all of they show her this fantasy sequence where she's over involved in all of his um life activities mm-hmm. and then cut to reality she's not really doing that instead she's getting capri sun ah uh. If Paula Ebert had her way, she would help her child. Deoxyribonucleic acid. He knew that. With everything. <laughs> go! Go! No! 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 The dodgeball no, scene. But that kind of mommy's here. Frowned upon. So instead, she gives him. New I love caprice. it when she's like buddying up with his pals. Yeah, what she's was like she one saying? of the, she's like one of the guys. They're all just like hanging out. So that's the part we use for the shit like this at the top of the show. Is yeah. that that kind of love is frowned uh, upon. is frowned upon? But what is what are they talking about? So yeah, like you said, we see um, we see her answering questions for him in the science lab, and then protecting him from the balls and dodgeball. Don't worry, mommy's here. But then what's going on in this next scene? They're all in the um, they're all in the hallway together. Is she trying to. Um, she He's like combing his hair. Comb his hair, but also kind of bro down with his friends at the same time. Here, yes. Let's hear that in the clear. But that kind of love is frowned upon. So instead, she gives him new Capri Sun Super V. So he gets more of what he needs without all the her he doesn't think he needs. With one combined serving of fruits and vegetables, new Capri Sun Super V. I think that the mom, the actually, I don't think this was filmed on somebody's phone. That That's pretty decent quality. I think it's just been super... Um, compressed and oh, okay it was just stuff. very yeah. strange looking yeah but um i uh i think the mom's performance there is really good she's really good yeah, yeah i like yeah, her too yeah that's really funny i wonder if that but was an ice ex- spot i would see if there were um 
uh, I would see if there were other, you know, commercials starring that actor because yeah. I really like her. Yeah. I like her too. But what an absurd, what an absurd idea to have a mom be overprotective, right? Right. Yeah. Whereas you can find a million Subaru ads where the dad is. And I didn't include them because they weren't in the sense they weren't policing the daughters in the mm-hmm. same way. It was more like dad's nervous that daughters got her driver's license or taking the co- the Subaru off to college or whatever. You know, all these Subaru yeah. ads where the daughter grows up. Those are a different kind of overprotective dad. Mm-hmm. And they and they kind of run the gamut. Some, it, it, some are gross. Some, some are, are Yeah, are depends sweet. on the tone. And yeah. Subaru does a good job, I think, of keeping it on the sweet side. But um but we just when we think about overprotective moms, it's never a positive. When we think about overprotective dads, it like it is often played if as either a straight up positive or a an understandable and purely human foible. Yeah, and you know what? To try to put a bow on my long ramble before about just tropes and, and their pervasive nature, I'm not gonna go back to my old analogy because we can just talk about this one. I think that Maybe this is what I was trying to say before. There's a chance that somebody might be listening to the show right now who's a dad of a daughter and just thinks, yeah, but I do feel that way, you know? And maybe doesn't even feel great about it. Well, you're bad it. and you should feel bad. <laughs> maybe doesn't even feel bad about it, but says it is it is a thing, though. I, I feel that way and I feel protective of my daughter when it's time and, and, and I feel differently about my son and maybe that's not right, but it is true and that's what these commercials are dealing in. I would just say... Yes, because we've been conditioned yeah. because it didn't it, come it's, from. Yeah, I mean, it, it is a cyclical thing and we are taught that we have to, you know, you, you you were a young person. You came up, you saw all these tropes and now you're an adult and now you have those feelings. It's not just nature. No. I'm te- I promise you that. I'm not yeah. saying that there's not. I'm not saying that there wasn't a seed of a, a truth in it when it became a trope but it's 2022 we're better than that now we're more enlightened than that now and we should be questioning these assumptions yes power out power out <laughs> everybody's talking at me i don't hear words saying only the echoes of my mind Getting a note here from Luke, an official TBTL stationery. It says uh, that we are not allowed to use power out on the podcast. <laughs> Actually, the ironic thing there is we stole that for TBTL from a um, consultant who had a trademark <laughs> behind the power out when he was giving a, uh, a slideshow, a mandatory uh, attendance slideshow at our old radio station. Yeah, Dazzling Deets, Power Out, all of those were supposedly trademarked things that we weren't supposed to use. Uh-oh. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, we talked about um, commercials that sort of pummel their products to show how tough they are yeah. or um, another and put them through sort of extreme tests, basically. Um, and as you said at the time, I left some pretty classic ones off of my list, which you went and found. The Timex uh, takes a lick and keeps the, on ticking. The crazy yeah. glue one. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, so um, Corinne uh, found one that really is a classic. And Brian also remembered it. And they posted it, or she posted it to Facebook. This is for um, American Tourister, which is a luggage brand. And mm. I don't know if you're going to remember this, but as they are described, what the voiceover is just a, a man voicing over all of the ways and all of the travails that luggage can encounter when it's out in the world being handled and mishandled by various uh, people with, who are not personally invested in its success. And while this is happening, what we're seeing is a gorilla in a cage just wailing the living shit out of this bag. This sort of rings a bell. I wonder if I know this less from seeing it like just in the wild on TV as a kid, but more like this is a famous commercial that seems like it would have been included in various like wrap ups of famous commercials. Probably. I mean, I think this was a classic. Dear clumsy bellboys. Brutal cab drivers, careless doormen, ruthless porters, savage baggage masters, and all butterfingered luggage handlers all over the world. I would like to start a band called the Savage Baggage Masters. I was going to comment on that as well. American Tourister, now that is not even a brand that I would have ever been able to... 
Survive. I wonder if it still exists. It sounds quite uh, old fashioned. It certainly does. I'm yeah. sure it got acquired by who's who makes most luggage now, Samsonite. That's probably. what I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, so thank you, Corinne. That was that is a a true uh, gem of the of the format. Mm-hmm. Uh, they really they really beat the shit out of that bag, but it looks good at the end. Looks like it has stood up to all the punishment. Yeah, good addition. Uh, we also talked in that show about the Easy Spirit. Um, uh, oh, the high heel shoes, shoes yeah. where women are playing basketball in high heel shoes. Yeah, and somebody on the Facebook, and I'm sorry I didn't write down your name, uh, noted that they didn't think that um, the women playing basketball knew how to play basketball in oh. that ad because they were really like we like we commented on like there's like a little bit of half hearted dribbling. Nobody takes a shot. Nobody takes in the a whole shot. Yeah. Nobody jumps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think quite yeah. notably. Um, but uh, but just we you had asked about pumps and and like and oh, I yeah. and I had asked if anybody had worn Easy Spirits and if they really were comfortable. Julie says back in the '90s when I had to wear business attire for work, I had a couple pairs of Easy Spirit pumps. They were pretty darn comfortable. <laughs> if I needed something similar now, I'd probably buy them again. I don't know if you can, huh. but I would love to know if you can. Uh, she says also it appears that the fashion industry still calls this type of high heel a pump which somebody else identified as a closed toe heeled shoe. Oh, a pump is a closed toe heeled shoe. Yeah, I wonder if like if you know if you have an open toed heel if that's called something else sling. And well, I mean a slingback has like a instead of a closed heel, it's got just like yeah. a strap on the heel. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Interesting. But but I do think a pump and a high heel are virtually synonymous. Okay, got. It. Yeah, for some reason I always thought that you had high, you had flats you had high heels and pumps were somewhere in the middle, but I think that was my brain just like deciding that. You know yeah. what I mean? I don't think I had any evidence. It just sort of seemed like, well, that must be the one in the middle. Yeah. Anyway. Um, then this one was what I uh, something that I mentioned at the top of the show. This TV Guide ad. This is from Josh. It's actually for TVGuide.com, so it's from that era when I mm-hmm. guess TV Guide was trying to make the leap to extend its brand into the post internet. Yeah, era. yeah, and it's 2005. It's still relatively early. It's pretty in early internet these companies, times. These especially brick and mortar companies trying to figure out their place what, online. Yeah, what does that even mean to be online? Things are shifting. Yeah. Josh says he found this ad on a DVD, which I would love to know more about. Josh, what do you mean you found it on a DVD? Like, was it a DVD for a movie, and this was like a pre-movie commercial, like a trailer? Like, was it a DVD full of other TV guide? promotional material (laughs) like i just want to know what the story of this dvd is um in this little movie we're about to watch you have a couple who are on the phone with each other i think he's the dude is at the is at the movie rental store like Mm -hmm. at the blockbuster Mm -hmm. he's wearing the headset you know like the He's got the like. Is uh, it a Bluetooth headset? It's, they don't. Bluetooth doesn't exist at this oh, time. Oh no! It's like a it's like a telemarketer headset, a and telemarketer he's got a wire headset. coming down, yes. and that is plugged into his phone in the pocket. He or looks something. like a grade A douche. I'll be totally honest. You with wouldn't you. want to make out with him. No. Huh. So he's at the movie store at the movie video rental store. She's at home on the computer because, of course, he can't be on the computer because his there's no way for him to have a computer with him at no, this time. Two thousand five. Two thousand five. Um, the best technology he can hope to have is this Time Life Marketer, uh, you know, headset that he's got. So he's he's picking out movies, and then they're kind of like they can't agree on what movie to watch. Again, broken down along very traditional gender lines, and then they start talking about other things that they could do this evening that they could figure out what was available to them for entertainment from tvguide.com. I see. And so she's kind of like, there's a line that I think about a lot um, that I'll paraphrase um, from, I believe, the first Spider-Man movie in its current iteration. You know what I mean? Okay, the Tom Holland The Tom Holland um, official um, uh, uh, Marvel Universe uh, Spider-Man movie. Um where his friend, who's like kind of a, a stocky kid and kind of a nerdy kid, but he says, I want to be your man behind the computer. Did you see that movie, the first Spider-Man one? I did. He says, I want to be your guy behind the computer. So like when you're out there slinging webs or whatever, and like you need you need something looked up, like I want to be the guy behind the computer. Every movie has one of those or something like that. And I think about that a lot. Like sometimes like I'm the guy behind the computer for Luke or whatever. And yeah. she's kind of the guy behind the she's computer She's the guy here. behind the computer. It is funny that even that, in the Spider-Man that's as recent as, um, uh, what is that one? Uh, no go way. home, you're drunk. Go home, Spider-Man. Go home, you're drunk. Uh, has home. They all have home in the title. Yeah. That's why I can't remember which one is which. 
But it's like, wouldn't the funny and timely retort to that be like, behind the computer, my suit's a computer. Yeah, right. his suit's a computer. Yeah, why do you need, yeah, I can't remember. His suit's basically like a a Spiron Man. (laughs) I am Spiron Man. All right, take a listen to this. Hey, Bunny. Hi, baby. What do you got? Man on fire. Sure. X-Men. Uh, yeah. yeah, three stars. Hey, what's that one with Ashton Kutcher? Just married? Okay. Okay. Wait a second. He rolls his eyes, but she can't she, see him rolling. She knows him so well. She's, she's just like, oh, man, your silence is your deafening. Your silence is deafening. <laughs> she didn't even give him okay, a chance to okay. be silent. Unfaithful? No. What about TV? CSI at 9, ER at 10. Any ball games? Uh... No, there's a bunch she's, of ball games, she got, but she tells them that there aren't any. She's. I just love the interface too. I mean, the internet looks so old oh, here. This looks like a, the, uh, You got any <laughs> new sequences you've been working on? Any ball games? Uh, no. Hey, should we go out? No. All right, sweetie. Okay, lover. See you soon. Kiss, okay, kiss. lover. Okay, he. This is. These are the okay, number. Okay, lover. This, this commercial is amazing for one reason only, which is. The number and style of endearments that they level at each other. He opens up with "Hey All Bunny." Right, Oops, I'm sorry. I was trying to take a screen cap because I caught him making the perfect face that I wanted to use for <laughs> for the Facebook page. Sorry, go ahead. He opens it with "Hey Bunny." Uh huh. And she says, "Hey Babe." Uh huh. Then she goes, "Hey Lover," or then he says, "Hey Lover," and then she does "Kiss Kiss." I don't. I don't like. I mean, everybody can call their. Um, don't, significant other do they want. not call them lover I would but I don't like babe no but very babe's much. not great babe's not great it's, right? it's better than lover certainly yeah do you ever like when you're at work like and somebody you're because t- we're not married so you can't say a husband do you ever just say you know somebody invites you to a barbecue or something you're like oh yeah that's great I, I'll just have to um, check with my lover do you ever call lover. me that yeah I would In- say like well my lover works from home, so he can probably get the get the packages if they get delivered. Is there anything more to that after he says goodbye, lover, or she says she, no? He, she, she says he's the one kiss. who call he's the one who calls her lover because then there's a um, he's in the video store. Remember, and there's some young woman next to him, and she gives him she kind of shoots him daggers when she she hears does. Him. I can't tell what she's appalled about if it's the number of movies that he's holding, if yeah, it's the fact like that he 100. says lover. No. All right, sweetie. Okay, lover. See you soon. Kiss, kiss. TVGuide.com. It's all you need. Just the worst couple ever. They are pretty bad. But you know what? They found each other and they're they're going to stay home and watch movies. Like, that's fine. They make me think of the couple from Best in Show. Oh, um, like there's a lot of like... The the couple with the Weimariner. There's some angst underneath there. Yeah, but like, it's like they... They exhaust each other, but they would be infinitely more exhausting to anybody else. That's true, right? They got to do what they got to do. And sometimes that involves a buzzy bee. Buzzy bee? (laughs) Busy bee. Busy bee. Um, And we have one more thing. This is a voice all right? But this is not a jingle. I don't have my jingle jingle There's no jingle. But this is from Maggie, and it's related. It's uh, it's in re a jingle. um, And I just thought it was a really nice message, and I wanted Asia to hear it from Maggie. Hi, this is Maggie from outside of Philadelphia in Swarthmore, and I just want to say Asia's jingle absolutely made my day, and you were completely not wrong, Genevieve, that it was the best thing in the world, and uh, she set the bar very, very high. Um, I have never considered calling in with a jingle, but now I will start thinking about it. But I also just, oh, that was so great. Yeah, I love that. Now, I I was hoping that it wasn't going to be like, it's just at the bar so high that now people are going to be intimidated to call in with their jingles. That is not the case. That's not the case. All Every, jingles are beautiful if, jingles if they're coming from the ad council. Whether you want to sing a jingle that you remember, whether you want to go the Asia route and um, and make up a jingle, please do it because this is a safe space for jingles. This is a safe space for jingles. You can sell anything. Hey, Genevieve. Hey, what? If somebody wanted to call our voicemail line and sing a jingle or just weigh in on something the way Maggie just did, I mean, how would they even do that, lover? (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, Well, babe, 
They would call 607-444-5597. That's 607-444-5597. I'm going to butcher this, but I haven't been that great on the show today anyway, so why not just um, end it in a disaster? When I hear somebody say babe like that in a relationship, I always think of the character from Transparent. There are two women who are in a relationship <laughs> together, and one of them is an actor I know from It's Melora Hardin. It's funny yes. you should say that because there is a... I don't know if, it's, if I would say famous, but there is a scene from The Office in which Melora Hardin oh, right. yes, and yes, Michael yes, yes, Scott yeah. are hosting the world's most sort of uh, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf type dinner party. Uh-huh. And they call each other babe in this aggressive really unpleasant it's way. It's funny because she brings that to the and transparent she, she character too. She also brings that, that energy to the transparent character that she plays. She's always saying babe because I remember I have, a, I have a drop that I use sometimes where she says I know a little something about jealousy babe because uh, people have been jealous of me my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> and like even though that's a good joke for somehow somehow the babe yeah. really makes that joke I think. Yeah, Melora Hardin is, is a really talented comedic actress. She should get more work. Anyway that number again 607-444-5597 Let's drive that home. Also, uh, you can join us on the Facebook group where a lot of these um, conversations are happening and DVD videos are being posted. Exactly. So check that out. And you can email us after these messages show at gmail.com. If you're interested in selling us some service that's going to increase our SEO, we're not interested. We are but not everybody, interested. We've got a lot of those, <laughs> plenty of those. But if you want to weigh in on anything that we've talked about or that we should talk about or something that you've seen in the wild that you want to share after these messages show at gmail.com. Thank you, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. I sell old books for new ones, new fives, two jobs, so live, whole live at the spin show, beats by dip.